Hello and welcome to the Viasat Podcast. I'm Alex Miller with the editorial team. And in this episode, we're focusing on the company's businesses in the United Kingdom. And we're fortunate to have with us today, Kevin Lippert, Viasat's chief commercial officer, to walk us through it. So Kevin's been focusing on Viasat's international growth strategy over the past few years, as well as working on mergers and acquisitions. That's part of that. So welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Great to have you here. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate having me. All right. Well, getting right into it, I wanted to uh, ask if you can give us an overview of Viasat's history in the UK, uh, you know, what the origin of our, our business there has been and, and how it's grown and diversified over the years. Sure. Thanks. You know, we've seen uh, the UK as a great opportunity for our business uh, across the board for and, and talent for quite some time. Our first entry into uh, the UK was in 2010. We bought a company named Stonewood which was uh, primarily focused on encryption at rest products for the uh, UK MOD. And uh, that was a good entree as a way to, you know, not only build a stronger relationship with the UK MOD, but also to establish a base to leverage the great technology talent uh, that exists in the UK today. Okay. So as you mentioned, Vysat's primarily been focused on the UK defense sector, although we do have some residential subscribers in the country. But how have we partnered with the UK government and the MOD over the years? And how strong is that relationship? Yeah, actually, I'll touch on touch on both of those. I think uh, with the UK MOD, uh, obviously, we've been building on our relationship from the uh, Stonewood acquisition over the last 12 years. But we actually architected the Viasat 3 network in a way, keeping in mind uh, not just the US DOD, but also the UK MOD as well, looking towards a bigger and bigger relationship with them over time. And, you know, in terms of, you know, other things that we have going on in the UK, we also, with the acquisition of KSAT, the remaining part of KSAT from Utilsat in 2021, we actually have thousands of uh, residential small business and local government customers um, in the UK providing pretty vital broadband, you know, mostly in rural areas. And then not a lot of people know this, but with the acquisition of RigNet in 2021, we also brought on a highly skilled technical and operational team in Scotland. Um, So together with our existing UK employees, as well as the uh, RigNet uh, employees that came over, uh, we actually have well over 100 um, employees in the UK today. And that gives us a really strong foundation, I think, to build a future on uh, as part of the uh, Inmarsat acquisition. Okay. So with the second of our Viasat 3 satellites uh, going to be launched over EMEA, including the UK, of course. So what future opportunities do we see in the UK market? And, and how are we going to contribute to the region's economy, specifically when the, the space and telecom sectors? Yes, there's uh, actually lots, lots of opportunities here. So first and foremost is really leveraging the strong talent base in the UK from a technology perspective, which aligns really well with the UK's uh, space strategy to maintain themselves as a, as a leader in space in the future. And, you know, as part of our Viasat 3 network, we're making uh, significant investments in actually broadband infrastructure and technologies, our fiber network build out for our satellite access nodes, which uh, many of them are actually in the UK. Uh, as well as our uh, satellite control center. So we actually had announced, uh, I think a number, a couple of years ago, 300 million pound investment in the UK as part of this, um, which was well underway. And, uh, you know, as we just announced, uh, an example of that is the TTNC satellite tracking system installation. Uh, I think that, that we announced, uh, I think it was last week. And, you know, as part of the Viasat 3 network, 
you know, we're going to be bringing a lot of additional capacity to the UK market for residential, small business and local government users who will be able to take advantage of our higher speed, better value plans um, on the Viset 3 network. So that's really exciting that we're obviously being able to leverage a lot of things in the UK, but also being able to give back as well. When we think about some of those unserved, you know, residential customers here in the U.S., you know, we've got some big spaces that the fixed broadband providers don't go to. What, what is that like in the U.K.? Do you have an idea? Yeah, I mean, it's fair, it's fairly similar. Every country is different, but in every country, you're going to have areas where it's just not economical for people to build fiber or upgrade DSL. So there's, there's always going to be an opportunity for, for salary providers to be providing good value, higher speed plans that, um, you know, that people appreciate um, instead of potentially relying on no broadband or, you know, very, very slow DSL, which really doesn't function um, anymore when you have uh, people streaming multiple devices and trying to do, uh, you know, Zoom calls, right. which I think everyone's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I also wanted to ask about, uh, we recently opened an office in the Harwell Science and Innovation Campus. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us what's that about? What's that mission and purpose there? And and why did we want to open an office there? Yeah, we're really excited about that for the opportunity to uh, be part of that. Harwell is actually the home to the largest concentration of space expertise in the UK. It's actually over, I think, 100 public and private organizations, including the UK Space Agency and the European Space Agency. And its uh, primary focus is just sort of bringing these organizations together to promote and support the UK's uh, space strategy. So us having an office there and being part of that and being able to collaborate and partner with those types of organizations is is really powerful for both Biosat and and we hope for the uh, UK uh, space strategy. Yeah, it's neat. I was, I was just looking at some pictures of it. It's, it's a really interesting looking campus. It's really big kind of donut shaped uh, office buildings. Yeah, there's lot, lots of exciting things going on in, in the UK right now. And, uh, you know, we're just we're excited to be a part of it. All right. Well, I wanted to uh, switch over and talk about an even uh, bigger thing that's going on in the UK, the Inmarsat acquisition. There's still a long way to go before this is finalized. But uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about how this is going to fit into Viasat's broader growth and, and long-term strategy in the UK market. Yeah, I think there's um, lots of benefits for the combination between Viasat and Inmarsat, but I think I'll just touch on three that are um, pretty important. Uh, you know, one is Inmarsat's uh, you know been a global company for a long time. You know, that's part of what our mission is right now. So it gives us you know global coverage uh, sooner than we would have otherwise with Viasat three, which is which is really important, especially in some of the mobility markets. You know, it also gives us backup satellites, right? So, if, knock on wood, something happens with uh, with one of our Viasat three satellites. You know, having other satellites that we can rely on for our business to keep it more resilient is really important. It's it's really uneconomical to launch a spare satellite in space or build one on the ground. So having a uh, you know, combination where we can uh, leverage each other's satellites as, uh, as backups is, is really important. Um, and, and obviously the global part. You know, diversity in business, there's actually not a lot of overlap between Viasat and Marsat's business. You know, we're, we're each uh, strong in different markets. So that gives us um, a lot of uh, capabilities to bring Viasat3 capacity into different markets uh, more quickly and also gives us more diversity in terms of 
things that may happen in certain markets over time, right? We've seen you know certain markets go up and certain markets go down as part of COVID, for example, right? So having more diversity in your business is uh, always a good thing. Um, and then I think the last thing is, is really important is, you know, Viasat has a very, very strong financial future as part of uh, Viasat 3. Very, very excited about that. And the MRSAT uh, transaction in terms of where they're at financially just makes us even stronger. And it's, uh, you know, really gives us a lot more financial firepower in the future, especially, you know, in a, even though these markets are growing rapidly, they're also facing additional competition. So, I think having that additional financial strength uh, in the future is really, really exciting and makes me feel much better about, about Viasat's future. All right, Kevin, well, you mentioned that, uh, you know, there's not a ton of overlap between what Viasat and Inmarsat are doing. So what are some of the things that Viasat brings uh, to the table in Inmarsat, if you can drill down just a little bit more into some of those details? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, on the Inmarsat side, for example, you know, they're very strong in maritime. That was the original sort of uh, business focus of Inmarsat. And that's a very good market to be in, as well as IoT, which is actually outside of L-band IoT, which is actually outside of broadband. So again, just more diversity. Um, on the Viasat side, um, as many people understand, you know, we are very technology focused. Um, it's the foundation, sort of lifeblood of our, of our business. And, uh, you know, Inmarsat, where on the other hand, you know, they actually outsource, they develop the specifications and, and architecture, but they outsource all of their um, technology. And so bringing that innovation and vertical integration sort of to the Inmarsat business, I think is pretty exciting, I think, for, for a lot of us. And then, you know, on our side as well, you know, we're, we're very strong on the consumer side. And that's a business that Inmarsat has actually um, never been in. So it just really gives a uh, uh, a lot more diversity and ability to enter into and uh, grow uh, additional markets over time together. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like there's definitely some synergy there. So uh, another thing that Biosat and Nimarsat recently announced was uh, a package of agreements with Bayes, the UK government's Department for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy. Can you tell us a little bit about the significance of that? Yeah, it was a very important part of the um, you know approval process. A little different than the, in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, U.S. and U.K. are a little different there. Um, you know, U.S. they don't necessarily have undertakings like they do here, um, or like they do there in the U.K. And it's really around focused on financial obligations. You know that we will have as part of this acquisition and other you know, obligations around employment and maintaining um, operations in the UK. So uh, getting that done was really, really important. It was, it was significant. We had a very, very cooperative, uh, I think, relationship with Bayes um, as part of that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of them weren't, weren't easy things to agree to, but they were very cooperative and thoughtful. So we appreciated that. And we were excited to get that completed and uh, announced. All right. Well, that sounds like that contributes also to that national space strategy in the UK, right? Yeah. So that, you know, there within the context of the, uh, the UK space strategy, I think, you know, Bayes was really looking to make sure that this wasn't a step backwards, that this acquisition wasn't going to be a step backwards for them. And I think over time, we've obviously agreed to a lot of these things and undertakings, but what I'd expect is in terms of Viasat, 
MRSAT combinations, contribution, and case-based strategy should be well above, you know, what we've agreed to in the undertakings. And that's really just around, you know, the additional capabilities and strength that a Viasat MRSAT combination, you know, really is going to provide to the UK uh, space strategy. And a lot of that's around, you know, our ability and flexibility to innovate and uh, bring our, you know, our model our business model to the UK and, and be a resource and good partner to the uh, you know UK government. All right. So where is the Inmarsat deal at now? Uh, what's next? So what's the approval process look like uh, to get it closed? Yeah. So there's um, there's three main approvals that we that we need to get as part of the process. You know, the first first thing that's going to happen is a shareholder approval, which which uh, should happen you know in the next month or two, and then we also have to get antitrust approvals from various countries around the world, as well as uh, communication license approvals from various countries around the world. So a lot to do there, but, you know, we remain confident. We wouldn't have signed the deal unless we thought we could get all these done. So, you know, we're working hard uh, and hope to have uh, good news to announce uh, soon. And I'm just going to jump in here and note that since we recorded this episode, Viasat has received stockholder approval for the proposed acquisition of Inmarsat on June 21st, and that the company expects the transaction to close in the second half of calendar year 22, subject to other regulatory approvals and clearances. All right. Well, it sounds like there's just a great deal of uh, really interesting stuff that's going to be going on in the UK uh, going forward. And I really appreciate you taking the time to to walk us through it. And we'll have you back when some of this stuff is uh, starting to roll. I'm sure it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, anytime. Always here to help. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening to the Viasat podcast. If you know someone you think would be interested in what you've heard on this episode, please share. You can always find the latest episodes on our blog at biasat.com, and you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or just about anywhere you get your podcasts. 